0: Are live at the C show, waiting for Ben to arrive, which we hope will be coming shortly and discovering uh, his story. So, ready early, a little bit at the seashow. It's 7 06 p.m. I know I must say seven o'clock, oh. and here we go. So, we are ready and waiting for Ben and have a conversation with Ben, because it is his first show tonight. So we are, and I am excited to see what he's gonna share with us for the first uh, couple of hours of our C show tonight. It should be fun. Oh, you're leaving? Goodbye. Yeah. Okay, was well, nice to meet you. Bye. <laughs> Drive safe to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> Okay, you're staying with Mama, Daddy. What are you gonna do? All right, you stay with Mama. That's it. You need to relax. This is what happened. It's it's called Sunday night. Sunday night at the sea show. We are just gonna be relaxed here, waiting for Ben to come and join me. I think he should be. I texted him, so he, he just asked me when. We were ready to go live, and I said in 20 minutes, because we were eating here, you know, you need to feed the soul before you can go on the show, and that's exactly what I was doing. And I downloaded a bunch of um, my shows, actually, and put them on my uh, host for my uh, personal podcast, too, which is good. So I'm retrieving information. Still a couple of them. I still cannot download them for some unknown reason. They don't want to unload, which is like, that's not good. But So we'll see what Ben has to share tonight for his first ever talk. And I'm excited for him, and I can't wait for tomorrow, too. So we'll see what uh, our friend Ben will be sharing with us today. It was a good day today actually. Very good stuff happening too. I will probably share them because sometimes you set things in motion, that it's a very good thing to do. It requires a lot of uh logistic. And when you get the logistic done, it's okay Dada. You don't no no talking, no barking, young lady. Very good. Very good. Okay. Because I got, yeah, go see go see Mac, very good, Google. girl, like my dogs. But sometimes they decide to do whatever they want to do in their own ways, which is quite interesting. So, still waiting for Ben. We're waiting. It's it's a game of patience. I'm sure it's going to pop up soon because we said 7 o'clock. So, Emma showed up at 7 or 6, yay. 6 or 6, good number, actually. I have to check that number. Hmm. Talking about numbers, so, but we'll see what's going to happen in a few minutes. Again, everybody is—I hope everybody is excited because I want to know more about Benjamin and his story. That's one thing. It's what I like to uh, when I do have opportunities to have um, new people that join us on wisdom is to ask them and challenge them to come and do a show. So in the case of Ben, Ben asked me if I could uh, be part of his show. And I said, yes. And I even made a little suggestion to do one a day early because he wanted to do it when I wasn't live. And I said, okay. So my response to him was, we're going to do a show on the C Show, a preview, so people can know more about uh, Ben and Africa and Kenya, where he grew up, and what he did over there, too, because that, to me, interests me a lot. It's a lot, you know, I like to know where people grow up. I like to know more about who they are. I like to know more about their stories. And everybody has different stories. And it can make us dream a little bit, too. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's making us dream. Because if we never had or traveled over there, then listening to him talking can transport us directly there. And that is awesome. I love it. So this is something that I am looking forward to it. And we'll see what he's going to show with us because I have no idea. That's a surprise. As I said, we're going to do a conversation with Ben. And... Uh, We'll go with the flow. I like to go with the flow when I talk with people. It's the same when I do my own uh personal podcast. I have one to do tomorrow morning that early. I'm like, holy moly, you could pick up another time. But I'm gonna do another one tomorrow morning on my personal podcast. And again, <clears throat> excuse me. Generally mine lasts a couple of hours and the reason is is because it's just a conversation. We start a conversation, we connect and for a couple of hours, then We're sharing, especially the person, not me, because I will let them share. I'm just witnessing them when they're talking. So we're going to do the same tonight with Ben. Still waiting for Ben to come. Ah, Hi, Ben. Can you come and join me? That would be awesome, my friend. He is right here. And by the way, I will highly recommend you follow him afterwards, because I think there is a lot... Um, Very interesting uh, thing he's gonna share with us um, within the next uh, episodes and so forth, which will be awesome. And not only this, but I will come back on his show from time to time. One of them I want to talk about will be uh, for him when he came um, here in the U.S. and his integration. uh, I want to be on that show too because that to me interests me a lot because we have a lot to compare quote-unquote, or share. I shouldn't say compare because there is no comparison between the two of us. But it would be nice to share our experience. Um, that, to me, would be very – it would be fun because it would be two decades apart. So that's kind of fun to compare that as well. So, Ben, when you're ready, please join me. Um, and uh, we can get started with our conversation whenever you're ready, my friend. No pressure. <laughs> I never give anybody else this pressure. I am not here to pressure people at all. So if you cannot connect, let me know. Text me because you got my number. So that's what I like with technology. If we cannot DM directly here, we can text each other. So, but yeah, I hope everybody had a good day. As I said, it was a snowstorm last night, which was funny because it's March, generally where I am in Minnesota. They do have so uh, snowstorms in uh, March instead than rain, um, so it was very interesting. And uh, most of it already melted down. We had ice <laughs> do, uh, from Saturday, from Friday to yeah, Friday night to Sunday, uh, Saturday morning. We had ice too. Uh just pulling up. Give me a minute. Okay, it's oh yeah, we want to. Yes, please. You're supposed to be in a safe place. So, Ben, whenever, we're good. I can do the entertainment until you show up. I will do the commercial. I'm doing a commercial right now. So, (laughs) we don't know what kind of commercial I'm going to sing. And I promise I will not sing. No, no. It's only when when I'm with Sammy that I will sing. I will refrain any kind of uh, singing at this point. That would be bad. So... No, it was good, and uh, the temps were nice. Uh, this is what I love here. It's very strange. It's like you get a snowstorm, and the next day it's so nice, and everything is melting. Which is thank God on that. I'm telling you, it's like uh oh. But um, it's very, it's fun. We get about two to three storms. So hopefully the snow will stop, so we don't end up to have some until June. Cause that will not be good. We want to enjoy springtime, but. We're overdue for springtime right now, that's for sure. But very good day. The pups did very well, Miss Daddy and Mr. Macapoo. They did well, except they finally dig uh, Mac. was funny. He found another um, tennis ball in a backyard that was hidden and buried under the snow. So this is how the, the boy works. He would discover that. Then Daddy would come along, and he let Daddy pick up and on earth, actually, it's like, I'm studying, I discover, she comes over, I let her do the work. That's about what the boy is all about. So they were able to uh, unearth one of the tennis balls that I was looking for for quite some time. So I'm curious to know what else is buried in in a backyard because there is toys. Um, and when I say toys, I should maybe be a little bit more explicit on this one, give a little bit more details. When I'm talking the toys is on Amazon, they do sell those uh, pink dinosaur. Those are what I call the babies for Max. That, those are his babies. Well, let's put it this way. Maybe we're going to find the head, the tail, maybe the left paw paws and the right paws, of <laughs> the leg. It all depends because that's about what he does. He tears them apart. Ah, here we go. You tear them apart like a madman. That's what the boy does. So we'll see what you know. If you see a you see a pink, (laughs) pink uh, fabric, that would be the boy. Hey Ben, how are you doing?
1: Hey Emma, how are you?
0: Oh, I am fabulous. Can't wait to uh, to be here tonight on the C show, and so happy you accepted to do your first, aka your pilot show here tonight
1: with me. Yes, yes. it's really a pleasure for you to have me here. And uh, I'm sorry I I ran late. I had gone to visit my parents. It's almost like two hours away. So, yeah, that's why I was a little bit late. Don't. But now. Listen,
0: don't be sorry. Don't feel sorry. Don't be sorry because, first of all, I was supposed to be here at 7, and I showed up at 7.06 because I was eating. need to do din din before the sea show so no worries
1: mm-hmm. wow that's good that's good yeah so yeah
2: how's your I family am
1: here. my family is doing great although we we just lost someone in our family but uh, you know we we know it's uh, that's God's work we cannot really do much about that we just want to accept that uh, his will was done in that person's life.
0: Yes it is. And uh that person yeah. probably is better right now on the other side too.
1: Definitely you had a relationship with God, so that's that's a plus.
0: Yes it is. So yeah. well that's good. Yeah. So yeah, well,
1: where do you, you want to
0: be here? hmm So yeah. where do you want to start?
1: Uh you go- I don't really know where it's at, okay. Maybe, so let's start maybe, with this.
0: <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna start at the beginning, meaning you grew up in Africa. Right. You're born in Africa. Which country?
1: Yes. I was born in uh in Africa in a country called Kenya.
0: It's a beautiful country, Kenya.
1: Yeah, and in a small town called Nakuru.
0: Okay, how many people were yeah. there? Was it a village or was it a um, city?
1: Uh, it's it's a town. It's not really a city. It's a So a small it's town it's not a village,
0: here. but it. Okay, so it's a town. So it's not totally a city. So it's a between a village and a town and a and a yeah. city.
1: That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah, yeah. So so, I was born there. Okay. So again, what your parents
0: were doing there?
1: What was uh, their job? When, yeah, my my dad was, when I was born, my dad was a clerk at the local authorities. Okay. And uh, my, my mom, my mom was between a farmer and and uh, and she was also a clerical officer in the school. Nice. Yeah. Right.
0: So, how many siblings do you have?
1: I have 10 siblings.
0: Oh, my God. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say that. I know my father had yeah, seven yeah. siblings, So, but 10, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. You are almost ready to have a football team, people.
1: Yeah, no, uh, 10 plus me, that's 11. So that's enough to to participate in the World Cup. In the,
0: exactly. Uh, <laughs> my yeah, goodness. In the yeah. <laughs> but, So um, out of all of it, which number are you? Are you the, the, the oldest? Are you the
1: youngest? One. No, no, I'm one of the youngest. I'm the fourth last one.
0: Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Seven point,
0: wow. So, how is yeah. your mom jug- juggle with all of you plus her job,
1: plus your dad? <clears throat> Honestly, I always, uh, I have always respected my mom for my parents basically for uh, bringing us up. And uh, you know, uh, Africa, the economy is not always the best, but they tried their best. Give us education the best they could, and uh, you know we we are all healthy, and we yeah we we survived. My mom was just uh, she's a strong woman.
0: It seems like it because it's a lot, especially yeah. when you're talking Africa. Um,
1: yeah.
0: It seems like okay. So your parents um, were work actively working. So how was your? Um, your youth over there. What did you do?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I grew up, uh, my family is, uh, was or still is a religious family. And uh, we grew up in these, uh, we we did not have much growing up. So we really focused on the Dijon church stuff, you know, just uh, trying to live a decent life. <laughs> and uh, Somewhere, somewhere in between my teenage years and my, and my, um, my youth, you know, I kind of lost it because now we lost touch with my, my, my dad. And, uh, you know, now you, you had to figure out life by yourself or whoever is close to you. Uh, and, uh, you know, things went wrong. Things went well. At some point, yeah, but it it was quite an adventure for me. And where I am at Can you right now bit... is. A... <clears throat> Come again.
0: Can you share more a little bit more about the adventure you had to go through?
1: Yeah, like uh, you know, just growing up as a young man, you don't have a role model, you don't have a mentor, and uh, you know you have to figure life out, experiment stuff here and there. It could have been worse, but you know there were people around me to support me, and uh, I, it was out of the choices that I made. I, I just felt like I needed to live a better life, and here I am. Yes, here the you most are. part, it was to do with uh, drug abuse. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it was drug abuse. There were a few incidences where I was, uh, I, I was actually even arrested and. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of uh, you know it was tough for me, but I I fell back to the base to, to the foundation that all my parents had set, even though uh, my dad wasn't there, and uh, tried to straighten up life. And I, I always say that I'm a work in progress. Although someone will someone who knew me or who knows me will think that I'm I'm, I'm all done, but it's, it's been work in progress. It's about uh, humility right now. I'm learning a lot about myself. And, you know, yeah, that's really how my life has been in a nutshell.
0: Well, you know, it reminds me a little bit of my friend Kamahana, too, who had to go through their trial and tribulation. We all do. And it doesn't matter yeah. what... Uh, uh, what you know, what you've been using or abusing at one point. But what is nice to hear is somehow, even though in the middle of the turmoil, you remind yourself the basics of what you've been taught by your parents.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: So, and not everybody, you know, have learned this, but it's nice to see that you were able to do that. So during all of that time uh, of tribulation, how was your mom and, and the rest of your family, of your siblings? Because all of your siblings were with you at all time.
1: Uh, no, no, uh, our family got a little bit scattered at some point and, uh, hmm. everyone was trying to figure it out on their own. And, uh, now Kenya is, uh, comprised of, uh, 48 tribes, I believe. Okay. The last time I checked, I hope there's no new tribe that was, uh, was, <laughs> <with>, uh, <laughs> was added, but so there is minority tribes and uh, major tribes. So it really, it depends with the number one, the, the number one factor is <clears throat> numbers. Uh, the second thing.
0: Oh, he cut for a sec. That might be a phone call or something.
1: Okay. Oh, sorry, someone tried to call me. The se- you? The second, mm-hmm. Yes, 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 sorry about that. The second thing will be like no, how much, okay. how much resource, how much, how much resource you, you, you have. And, uh, that will always translate to power and, you know, okay. power politically, economically. And we, 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 for some reason ended up in the minority tribe. So really what, what you had to do is, be on survival mode throughout your life, and uh, that means that you will fall for anything that comes your way, and you know, keep trying everything just to survive, to make, to make your life yep. better. But really, that was a choice we made because not not everyone from my tribe can relate to that. So it's the okay. the, the, the society around me and the people around me, maybe from other tribes. And uh, uh, from other uh, from uh, who've had other experiences in life, they will justify that thought of that idea of that you are a you are a minority, so you know life is gonna be hard for you. But now, so uh, yeah.
0: So already at a young age, you were basically faced by being, or you were a part of a powerful tribes, and everything was fine or you would have been part of the minority in, uh, for those tribes, then basically you had to trade waters.
1: Right, right.
0: How did you survive in there? Because seriously, that must not been that easy for anyone <clears throat> to try yeah. to make a better life and faced by right. so many obstacles.
1: Right. Yeah, it's... Uh... It was really hard, honestly, Emma. It was really hard, and that—that uh, uh, that is what we were taught. That is what we, our minds were, um, were, were tuned to. Like, you know, you you will always be on survival mode. But yep. there are people like now. I I I grew up playing sports, so really, sports was my main thing. I I played basketball. I played rug. I played rugby before I played basketball. You did? I played, yeah, I played basketball to the, you know, to the national. I played yep. in the national league and all that, and that kind of gave me an edge. So it kind of set me apart, and that's when I started uh, looking at myself as not a minority, yep. and maybe I had a purpose in life, and and that kind of uh, gave me some hope. But it still wasn't easy. I like to learn learn scholarships and there because your second name will betray you. Someone say, Oh, what's your name? Benjamin. The second name is. So tribalism is still there, still exists. Yep. Oh, yeah. It kind of limits how far someone can go. Yep. It's almost like gambling. Yep. And uh, so you have to be really, really, really good at something for you to be considered. Uh, to be considered to be part of the privilege. And, uh, yeah. you know, I kept working on it. And uh, and I got lucky somewhere. And, you know, that's how I got signed up in the league. I, got, I, I do art and I do writing here and there. So basically the purpose, the reason I want to do like, um, I'm, I'm also writing a book right now. It's really to write about my story and to encourage someone else who thinks that maybe they, they are minorities and who thinks that life, you know, life is done for them. There's always something in you that God has placed, something unique that goes beyond your tribe. That goes beyond, beyond your geographical setting that will, you know, um, help you realize what your purposes are in life.
0: Oh, I agree with you. We're all born somewhere, and some um, some of the life purpose that we have accomplished in a previous one, or I call it a parallel life, or past life, uh, some have a longer road to do because we need to catch up with our own stuff, and some have it easier, which is their path. So it's nice that you want to you're writing a book about it because it has to inspire somebody it doesn't matter at the end of the day your work paid off because you would have probably listened to you know you're part of a minority tribe so guess what out of luck buddy have a nice day and you pursue and you continue to persevere and continue to work hard and it paid off for you to right. change those odds and that's what it's all about is how hard you're going to work and sometimes you are going to work harder than others absolutely you don't look at others look at where you are and continue to persevere no matter what right. because you will pay off everything always paid
1: off that's true that's true and uh, so what i can with, really say
0: is, uh, yep so with your no, scholarship
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay with your scholarship, what was the next step for you? Because you said you work hard. Did you get the scholarship? What did you do? Because when you played in those leagues, so, were yeah. you still going to school or not?
1: Yeah, uh, I was lucky to get a scholarship. But to be honest with you, I never went to school with a scholarship because there were other hurdles that I had to cross. And... Um, that is there's is a body that governs and it's, it was almost like a scouting agency that will okay you to maybe to for you to go to a different country or to qualify to get into these institutions and that those that, those were the limitations so my 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 career almost ended up ended there and uh, i remember i was really bitter with myself i i was I could, I did I did not believe in the system anymore. I felt like maybe uh, all these stories we hear about people getting scholarships and all that those were not they are not realistic because it was everything was so clear until now we get we get we meet this I met this hurdle and I felt like uh, I guess I tried so let me. Try and do something else. Now I cannot really continue pursuing this. It's like chasing the wind. I can never, I can never catch up with it. Okay. And uh yeah, and I did not lose hope, and uh, uh, I kept looking at what else I could do. I'm an artist, and uh I in 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 school. When I went to college, I studied. It was not easy for me to study college because i had to go one semester and 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 the next semester i had to go work get the school fees and you know keep going like that like that's so i spent longer in, in, in college and for the longest time i was working in the financials which was not really my passion i was just doing it because that was what was paying then so i wanted to just do something that will help me uh pay my bills you know live better so I, I moved from my purpose to now just again back to survival, but at a different mm-hmm. uh, at a different degree. So I was, I was just working to pay the bills, to look better, to dress better, to just feel like I'm different. I'm no longer a minority. It, it was a good thing, but I, I a, ba- a bad thing at the same time because one con- the only constant thing that was happening there is that time was uh, time was still you know time was moving and. I was growing older, and, yeah, at some point, I decided to just quit my job and start business. And I'm still doing business, even after I came to the U.S., and uh, it's, it's paying off.
0: Good. Yeah. Good. So... Um, were you still in connection or living close with your mom or at that time you were still in Africa and going through all of that or who was near you? Because you mentioned like you got uh, uh, 10 siblings, mom. So where was your mom at that point?
1: My mom was uh, still in Kenya. You know, Mm -hmm. she was very prayerful. She used to encourage me, you know. She, She always said, Oh, I, I see something in you, you know, the, the mothers, you know how mothers do it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I was close to mom. She was really like my, she, I can say she was like, she was my biggest resource when I was going through what I was going through. And, uh, I, 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 I had an option to be bitter with my dad. And, you know, I didn't want anything to do with him. But I, at some point in life, I realized if I have to move on, if I have to, to, uh, to succeed in life, and for me, success will, will be defined as just having that peace, internal peace, and all that. I had to heal, and I, yes. I, 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 approached my dad, and you know, it was, it was strange for him because I think he had given up on our relationship. And we had to mend fences, and uh, we embraced each other. And I told him, you know, I am aware of all these, and I've just chosen to forgive and, and to continue with life. And uh, right now, we're growing closer and closer together. And uh, the reason I had to do all these, I, fe- I feel like it's because um, <clears throat> I... I personally knew that I, I, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, and I always believe that there's there's a superior being, there's a God who who calls shots for us. Mm-hmm. And there's a very clear instruction on how we can run our life as believers. And so that is really what I've been using to draw closer to, 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 to God and to grow closer to my family and heal so it's been a healing process and i can say i'm still a work in progress and that way i also got a platform back at home to you know to voice out these issues to encourage these people who think that they are minorities and uh to even help families uh, heal and get back together and get back on their journey because i felt like my, my story my story is mine, but it, people. I, 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 at some point, I, I got a chance to speak somewhere. I'm not a very good speaker, though, but I was given that opportunity at a, uh, a local institution in Kenya, and I realized almost half of the people who were there would relate with that, and that's when I realized that these things need to be voiced up. And now I'm using my art and and the business in my writing to bring these out.
0: Yes, that's exactly what it's yeah. supposed to be. That's why I wanted you to talk, because there is a story to mm. share and tell. And even for people listening here, it's an inspiration as well, because there is things you talk about that we all struggle uh, as we grow through life. Um, you know, not having a father figure um doing you know taking what we call it les experimenting um but the ba- you know going back to heal yourself, and the other thing too, because I hear you saying a lot about minority is to remove the concept, and that 's I think the hardest part too um our poor or whatever you want to call it, and making yourself lower than the others because that's the way it, you've been brought up and the way we got brought up, or feel segregated because when I grew up, um, we had to make it about myself because I have nothing to do about me tonight. But same same way here, we were segregated because our last name uh, wasn't the same than the people where we lived in that country, Neither we were my parents were there and grew over there. They just landed over there, and that was it. So there is a lot that people can relay by listening what you're saying and being inspiration um, to change some of the perception for people who have less <laughs> than others and think that they cannot achieve, because you achieve, you kept focused. And that brought you where you were and the possibility to change the course that maybe people thought you will be on. And because of our own free will, because of what you decided, then you changed that course to where you are today. So it takes a lot of courage to do that. And uh, the story you're sharing, I think, is important. So like you said, you're writing a book about, which is great. And just talking about can give the inspiration for others to do the same thing. And even here in the US, because it doesn't change wherever you're, you are. Uh, some have a longer road to go through and some have, again, an easier time, but that's our destiny. But for the people who have to face trials and tribulation, then it's a great inspiration to listen and light up the fire in us to continue to move forward one step at a time, one day at a time. So that to me is an essential um story to share. So yeah, very when you sure were that. yep. So when you were over there and you did not believe on that um scholarship, you changed geared from over there. So why would you not believe in that scholarship? Mm-mm. Why would you not take that opportunity? Because you said earlier you did not believe that in it. But if it was given to you rightfully for the hard work you did, why would you leave this on the table?
1: <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So uh, I, I tried. Honestly, it was really hard because I tried every channel that I could use uh, to get to get this scholarship to come to fruition, because my dream was always to 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 fly out, get out of the country, do sports. I used to watch NBA a lot, and and uh, at some point, you know, when you try something for too long and you realize there's nothing, there's nothing that is going to change. Uh, it is very easy to be convinced that maybe this wasn't meant for you. And I really wanted to find peace in my heart because when I started doing sports and now I got to the to the national level, it's kind of uh, uh, it kind of changed my 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 perspective about myself and also my tribe. I realized, oh, so I think it's because maybe someone hasn't done these to this level, so we are considered minority. So I felt like there was still something in me that needs to defy this, uh, this idea. And so I said I will not stop at sports because definitely if I was going to do sports, I will not be doing it even up to this point. Maybe at some point you grow and you can't jump, you can't do all those moves and all that. So I figured that there was still something in me that I need to bring out. <clears throat> and... Uh, One one of the things that I that really helped me to to change my perspective is that I knew that I could I could do art I knew that I could uh, act and all that so um, my parents will not really will not support me doing my drawings and all that when I was younger because that was a waste of time (laughs) art wasn't paying and art. You know, uh, I I would hide uh, under my bed to do, to sketch someone, to sketch, to draw a car and all that, because that was, that was not a good thing to do. That's not going to help me in the future. And so I went back to my inventory and I pulled up that art piece and I started working on my art. I started reaching out. There was not a lot of communities that will encourage art and all that, but I kept I kept on, you know, trying and talking to. There was, a, I remember one time there was this. It was like a small kiosk. This guy had a small kiosk. Who he did sign writing and he also did art, uh, like small pieces. And that's that's where I started learning how to use acrylic paints and brushes and all that. And I remember he gifted me a brush, and I think that brush is still there back at home. I still have that brush. <clears throat> so that helped me to change gears and move out of that, uh, the pursuit that I had for the scholarship.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful that um, you had a perspective that playing was one thing, but you follow your, uh, your heart's desires, actually.
2: Right, right.
0: Which is great. So, were you able to live off of that, or what did you do?
1: No, I wasn't able to live off of uh, art. I was actually pretty much setting another foundation on my art. Okay. And uh, I was able to to get into college. Uh, now we could pay at least some money to get into college, like pay some... Um, not the entire fee like you could pay like half a year and then you get into college so i did a fundraiser with my friends to help me God, get into college and i started going to college and after after like six years i graduated but on and off i was doing art and doing other odd jobs just to make it happen for, for yep. me to finish my diploma yeah
0: so what was your degree
1: Oh, so I did uh, business, management, and IT. Cool.
0: How but did you like
1: it? Uh, I liked it then because, you know, I had I had a goal. My goal was to live a better life. Yep. Yeah. So I just wanted something that would give me a job immediately after school. And did it? Uh, actually, I got a job. Before I finished school, I got a, a nice. job in a bank before I school. So, so it kind of uh, gave me some hope. But that's really not where my heart was. Like, I was not doing it with, I will not sleep thinking about the job. I will just, it was a routine thing, you know.
0: Well, you needed something yeah. to be able to live on comfortably, not feeling right. like you were part of the minority. So I understand that your passion was not there, but at least you get yeah. something going on
1: mm-hmm. okay yeah so yeah.
0: so you you got that uh job and uh how was your life at that point
1: um definitely you know we we grew up not having much so you know definitely that means <clears throat> I, I did not have, and actually I did not have responsibilities apart from my my rent and uh, and uh, you know bills and stuff like that I, w- I was not really focused on saving I was living to prove a to prove a point so uh, I would waste money you know just buy everything that is worth money just to to, to drive off that idea of like I'm a minority or, or something like that you know i, I I always say that was a face that I I had um self inflicted injuries in my career life and in my mm-hmm. personal life, my spiritual life and everything. Because I was I did not I was not guided through on what is expected of me. So I was just living life, like you know, just counting days. End of the month to get your salary, to do what you want to do with it. And that's why I, when I, when we started, I said, it was a lot of experiments here and there. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are repercussions for that.
0: Yep. But you wanted to show you, you arrived like everybody else is. That was right. the goal.
1: Uh, I arrived, right. yes. am the boss.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It, exactly. It's show, showing off people that you could drive around with a nicer car, you had better clothes, you know, this is, you know, some sometimes it's the syndrome of not having anything and feeling like uh, others are driving around and it's more, I will say, an ego uh, state of mind that people go through um, and that, you know, and that happens. So you... You did this, um, but would you help uh, help your mom during that point of time as well, or?
1: De- definitely, definitely, I will. I will definitely help my mom because you know she was there for me all through. Mm-hmm. She was there for me, and uh, I definitely will go back and help her do some serious shopping for her, and, and you know just make her feel good, like we have prayers yeah. and everything paid off, you know.
2: hmm
1: Yeah, and uh, at some point, you know, things started getting tough on me uh, at my workplace because now I felt super comfortable, and we started signing performance contracts, and everything came to light. So it was no longer a roller coaster. It was something now I had to focus on my efforts and, and I, I passed through that phase. I'm sorry about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I passed through that phase, and uh, I got to a point that I was I was doing good, not really good, but you know, average. I was trying, but that's the point that uh, I think there was a there was some kind of inflation in Kenya, and the turnover was high in most companies and they were scared of losing. They were scared of losing because a lot of foreign investment came in and they were taking over these companies. So these local financial institutions were scared of losing people, and that's when I got my promotion. But that's really where I got the light bulb. I, I, I realized this is this is not really what I want to do. I just felt drained, and <clears throat> that's when I quit. And it was not easy for me to deal with. It wasn't even easy for my mom to deal with it. But I, I knew that it was going to be well at the, at, in the long run. So
0: yeah. you quit. So what did you do? Or did you just quit like that on the fly and just say, we'll see what's going to happen next? Or did you have a plan?
1: Uh, honestly, I didn't have a plan but i i was I felt drained because I was doing my uh, I was doing my personal audit just to see over the years how much how much growth I have financially. I realized that I'm stagnating in one place because uh my my payment was entirely commission commission based Yep. and uh with the inflation people are not really investing a lot so I was kind of stuck in one place for a long time. And mm. I, that's when I thought, like, uh, if I keep sitting here, I, I will uh, I'll grow most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I made that brave. Uh, I I had I, I I had done like a few sketches of what I want to do in life, for the business. Yep. Uh, my next employer, I had already had that those things set, but not very solid. But at that point I just wanted out regardless of whether I had a solid plan or not. And okay. uh, when I when I was out for a month the reality reality started checking me because now I was out of the routine. Now I had to grab onto something and that's when I get I got onto business and and I was still doing art but not like you know aggressively. I was just doing it as a pastime. Yep. Yeah, so so that's what happened.
0: Okay, so what happened next?
1: Yeah, yeah so after that, uh, uh, I got, I started getting contracts. I, 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 I bid for contracts and I got one contract for uh, I, uh, a school not too far from where I lived. And that's now, that's when I got the breakthrough and I started doing uh, the construction business, and I also got a uh, comi- uh, commission for uh, some art in a, in a three-star hotel, and that, that that's how I took off now with what I'm doing right now.
0: Do you get pictures from it?
1: Yeah, yes, I, I got pictures from it. You do? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Idea. Can you do me
0: a favor and post them into Instagram because I would love to see them.
1: Yeah, some of them are there. But... Okay. Yeah, I have some of them in, in, on Instagram. Some are not very clear, but I will still definitely uh, post them. Yeah. So you change.
0: So you change basically the the path you were on. Now you're in construction, now you're being called to do uh, commission work. Right. So how are you feeling at that point spiritually and uh
1: Now, that at that point now I felt like that that's really what I wanted to do because I wasn't making much. Yeah. But I felt I, I just felt I felt good. I felt good about what I was doing because I just like the process of, you know, building, putting pieces together and, you know, developing something and seeing the fruits of it. That's really how my mind is is set. And that's what construction gives me. That's what my painting and artworks give me. Because I can start, I, I usually take pictures from the, when, when I get, I frame my canvases all the way to. But now i have a framed a, a, a complete art yeah
0: that's good
1: right and that gives me a lot of joy and a lot of peace
0: yeah because it's exactly yeah. what you like to do right so
1: yeah.
0: how long did you do this
1: oh the, the arts like painting and construction uh, and construction mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is, uh, my seventh year in construction Okay. and, uh, in arts, I can just, I'm just looking at adding up with the, the, the number of times I will do art in between when I was still employed, I can say this mm-hmm. is like, uh, 15 years. Yeah. Because nice. I kept getting better at it, you know. Every piece I did, I get, kept getting better at it. and uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not the best even now, but I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still working progress.
0: You're a student of life. You're a work in progress. You're a student of life. Right. Yes, right. we all are. Mm-hmm. Even some people don't want to admit it. We all are students of life.
1: So yeah, so what, what, you what doing... I discovered... Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So wh- what I just wanted to say is that, um, uh, one thing that I just discovered, uh, over time is that the, the concept of minority, the concept of, uh, you know, all the, those disadvantages that sometimes people think they have is just, uh, i think i i don't know which what the best word to use but I think it's those are foundational lies people lie to themselves that those that's the reality because uh I've had the privilege of traveling in a few different countries and what I've seen is the young people the the youth and, and uh and the younger adults they they still have they still have that mentality so for me it, it i i i Realize that it was a an identity crisis it's, it has nothing to do with your your position financially or anything or what you had or what you didn't have growing up it's really how you define yourself and mm-hmm. normally we will assume that these are things that people will easily learn and, and master when they're still young but it depends with or what matters is how this uh, information is filtered to them how these these messages are uh, are given to them because people are, are wired differently, and yep. the way the way people interpret success is not is not it's not the same across the board. So uh, these the the the, art, the artwork that I'm doing and uh, and the book that I'm doing and I'm trying to also put put together some blogs here and there is not to really talk about my stories, to talk about the young man or a young person. It doesn't have to be a man because I've also met ladies who who relate to my story. It's just to look at these young men and uh, change the messaging around it, like the challenges of growing up and what people should expect. And people not to be too hard on themselves because they, there are some delicate moments in life where people make very huge decisions, and they really alter their trajectory to where maybe uh, they were headed. Only if they can only be patient a little bit and focus more on what they think they possess.
0: Yep, I
1: agree.
0: Yeah, I agree. But it's, it's, it comes down to the legacy and uh, our parents and our lineage too, because you know, you pass your the lineage to the next generation so yes we all should be viewing life a different way but when it's passed it down to the way it was and the fears and everything people saw before passed it on to each other, it makes it harder because you keep the same mantra for everybody unless you break the mold very and that's very difficult to do um, especially when you're talk to, talking to the younger generation. So that's a great inspirational story to explain to people as well, especially over there where um, the tribes are still very uh, proeminent. It doesn't change. And the way life was, even though it modernized a lot, it's still the basics, still the same. So if you're part of a minority, you will stay a minority uh, in the eyes of others, no matter, you know, no matter... How much the world evolve? It's part of the ancestry.
1: <clears throat> Very true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I agree with you. And that happened yeah, And,
0: so... and that happened, uh, Yeah. And that happened, Sorry, it happen right, uh, around the world. It's not only in Africa; it's everywhere else. So,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's everywhere. And uh, you know, when I when I started business here a few years ago, and uh, it was a little bit hard. To, it was a little bit hard to find employee employees to find people to work with, and the, the, we we had a retention crisis because now trying to have people to to stay on the job for longer and maybe for you to be able to get onto these big jobs and all that and be consistent, it will call for uh, making sure that you have enough personnel to, to perform these tasks, but we, we had a challenge on that so we yes. started training people we started training people and mm-hmm. when we when we get personal sometimes and you know try to figure out what exactly someone wants to and why they' are, they're they are coming into maybe construction why they want to learn these, Uh some people uh, will open up and really their stories are very identical to what uh, I went through and yet they were born over yep. here and I, that's why I, I realized... Oh, yeah. It's not really i now i I stopped looking at myself as a, as an African I stopped looking at uh, that's the reality, but I don't want to to use that as an excuse yep i I stopped looking at myself as because there's someone else in 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 another part of the world who will relate with my story and maybe what i what I went through and the people I attach myself to, and you know sometimes these young people it's very hard for it's very hard for us to open up to. Uh, other people, so that you can get mentoring, because someone cannot mentor you by force. You have to really open up and be willing to uh, uh, to say your story and say really where you want to go. And people are, are, are really kind to mentor you and to bring you somewhere you want to be. And uh, hearing the stories from these people we've been training, and uh, you know relating with them and being close to them has helped us even to stay with them for longer because they find purpose in, in what they're doing.
0: Well, and they find a mentor within you because you, uh, we can all relate. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're from, where you're born. We all have similar stories. Um, maybe, you know, they're not identical, but some of the, it comes to the point that we can connect and relate to one another. So it helps to have somebody who has gone through trials and tribulation and it can inspire them to move forward, stay longer because they feel they have a great mentor and somebody they can trust to communicate and that would, and they, you know, somebody that can understand them as well. It's extremely helpful.
1: Very true. Very true.
0: So, when you were doing this, you were still in Kenya, and mm-hmm. you made your change of a journey. What? Uh, what was your thought? Because you you to come here in the U.S. What? To came yeah. What make you come here? What was the reason? What? What was the driver for you to decide to, okay, Kenya, I love you, but uh, maybe it's not my place to be. Maybe I need to be somewhere else. Yeah, what was when, the reasoning behind for you to leave Kenya?
1: So when, uh, when I got my paperwork to come to the U.S., it took me almost, um, took me a while because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't very sure I wanted to come to the U.S. because what was... uh, And and I blame the media sometimes because what we see on the media or how how the U.S. is portrayed is not the reality. It's not what I experienced and what I've been experiencing. So I was a little bit adamant to buy into that idea of traveling to the U.S. But I met... um, uh, I met with the, some missionaries who came to to Kenya and they're on their way to Israel. And we spent some time and talked about uh, what's going on here and the, the reality of what's going on here and what they've heard about Africa and what they've been seeing about Africa. It was mind-blowing what they saw and, I mean, what they heard from the media and what they saw in reality. So that gave me a chance to also feel like I need to come and see exactly what's happening. So when I made my trip here for the first time, I saw a lot of potential. I saw a lot of, a lot of warmth and uh, I made very good connections. And uh, when I went back after one year, I just felt like, no, I have to, you know, I have to pack and go and try see what's going on on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah and it's it's been a very good experience so yeah that's that's so what
0: was it was it your dream to come here
1: initially it was, but you know when my my basketball scholarship was um, did not you know bear fruit, I gave up on it. But initially, when I, growing up when I was younger I, I I always dreamt of coming up to the us
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: That's very interesting. So when you finally got the green light to come here how huh, How was the first time you stepped here on the soil and discovering what was the life here in the u s?
1: oh man it, it, it was different it was uh... <laughs> cuz
0: <'Cause you're, laughs> you know you're talking kenya here
1: <laughs> for people yeah, who don't know google uh... kenya <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was, uh, it was man it was mind blowing i was just let me just say culture shock the 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 infrastructure yes. uh um, the 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 buildings, the people everywhere, like everything was just moving at a certain speed. And, you know, I landed in New York. So yeah. I was like,
2: "Yes." couldn't
0: get any better than that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I remember today. I remember that that moment. And I laugh mm-hmm. a lot when I remember that because <clears throat> I wasn't that sure was whether I wanted I wanted to show if I want to stay, wanted to step out of the airport because it was a shock. It was a total shock for me. Yep. Yep. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting. I got used to it, and now I'm here. I don't even notice it anymore because I'm I'm part of the part of the system. I'm part of the running up and down with a purpose, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that my first experience was was just and 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 you know just assimilating to the american culture it's very been very comical like right? and I have a few a few snippets in in the book just to you know to spice up the the story but it's really there is a lot when like when issues to do with uh, uh, with food um, <laughs> you know we we like when we in kenya when you go to a restaurant you just say you want uh a certain food you just say um you want this plate and that's it so the first Mm -hmm. time i walked into a restaurant i said i want uh, uh, a burger i say uh cheese with all those options were being thrown at me and i was just saying yes 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 that one yes 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 mustard or (laughs) no that one yes you know it, it was it was frustrating to me so it got to a point that i i got scared even to go to restaurants because i wasn't sure what to say because the more the more the longer you're taking on the queue someone else is waiting behind you and when you look at yep. the you're making uh the 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 uh, uh you're making you're making people's life harder and yeah so it's, it's been a
0: journey, anyway. <laughs> well, th- that was that was the fun part is, and still make me laugh because I always blow my mind when you're just like, okay, in Europe, you just ask for a salad. They're going to give you the salad. And here they go with do you want this, this, and I'm looking at them like, what? I just wanted a salad. Can you just bring me a salad, please? I don't want anything else than the green thing. You put it on the, on, <laughs>
2: on the plate. Yeah, I do know- just
0: bring me a salad. And they go Coming down for the next
2: place.
1: one. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's... You, you will have one meal a day. And it's only yeah. and, and that's And also then do. you went that's... to the Opulus. So you have... Like... <laughs> yeah. So this is frustrating. I'm going to pay. Just please help me put something in there. I'm going to pay for this. Just put it in there and, and, and I'll get out of here. But... Uh, yep. That, you know, customizing, the, the, and now it comes to a point that you realize uh, it's a land, America, is a, the U.S. is a land of abundance, and there's, there's a lot of... Oh, it's like, a land
0: of extreme uh, at some point, too. But yes, it's the land of opulence, but it's well, it always funny for me. <laughs> yeah, but I when I, uh, I had my family came in over two decades ago, it was the same thing. They looked at me like, what is wrong with those people? I said, well... What do you need in a menu and i will tell you and the person was going out ah, that and they were looking at me like we just want a simple thing i said i know but that's how they go every single time <laughs> i just said don't ask right. Right. <laughs> like, i want a simple yeah. thing just bring it to me don't give me the extras i don't want the extra it's just on the, the plate it's not how it works over there uh, maybe that changed in europe but i can imagine for you like you said one meal a day with some starch and all of a sudden you end up with all of this. That must have been extremely overwhelming to just yeah. I just want to I just want this. I just want to stand the picture here. That's it.
1: Yeah. No, no, I, I with time you know I learned. I realized these things are numbered. These number one, number seven, so I got smarter. So I would go and say, give me number seven. Uh, a large or a small, uh, small. So it's easier to go with those because you're not getting into details. So, yeah.
0: Well, if you go yeah. to the right restaurant, we got the numbers. I want a number two and combo seven. That's fine. But if you had to go somewhere else when they give you the full rundown, well, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that would be a problem. So, Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they made life easier for some of us. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if the any other uh, immigrant listening. Maybe they would have their own share of the story, but that that was my experience anyway.
0: So, when you landed in New York, did is somebody come and pick you up or did you have to take the train? Yes. How did yes. you yes. navigate from, you know, arriving, picking up your luggage? What happened?
1: So, someone, <laughs> someone came to pick me up. I purposely okay. chose not to carry any luggage. I don't like carrying luggage when I'm traveling. So, uh, someone came and picked me up from the airport. And uh, okay. it was a long drive. It was almost three hours drive. And oh, wow. it was fun. Just, my eyes were just tired at some point. I was looking at the roads. The, I just did all right. Yeah, everything was just different. Yeah, so.
0: There must have been. So what was going through your mind where we, you were driving and watching all of the, basically, those buildings, different scenery? What was going in your mind?
1: Uh, I don't think my mind was able to to to, to digest everything. To put something together, not even to adjust. There was no space. It was clogged. My mind was. It was like clogged. No, one, nothing would go on there. It was like too much going on, and I think at some point I was numb. I just pretended like now, you know what? I'm just going to stay alive. I don't want to notice anything until I realize that. <laughs> So when I started hitting the jet lags and all that, that's when I started uh, offloading some stuff and start started looking at things from. I I almost thought the sun was rising from the, from a different side. And, you mm-hmm. know, it was a lot of adjustments to do, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been quite a journey. The past few years have not been that easy, and here I am, and I'm still learning how to live in to live in this uh, great America great
0: great US okay so let me tell you this secret then you probably will figure it out after over two decades to be here I'm still learning
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: so trust me you're gonna still you're gonna continue to learn it doesn't stop
2: <laughs>
0: no, no, no. <laughs> I always continue to learn more every single day. Stuff I don't even know, and um, people look at me weird, and I'm like, "Well, I don't know, so don't like it. look at me. I'm not born here. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it." <laughs> so... Right.
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think I see my but... time is almost running out. I'm not sure if this. Well, you're going to come
0: back, dear, on. because as I said, you, we're not done talking, my friend. So he's going to oh, okay. p- uh, push the button. Oh, yeah. Ben, come on. We said a couple of hours. This is our number one. (laughs) So very interesting from um, from Ben for his wonderful uh, story, especially, you know, when you're not when you grow up in a different country, um, it's you have a different perspective on life. And like like Ben mentioned as well, the way uh, the U.S. are portrayed in some, uh, in all of the countries, is not quite the right thing. And the way they're reporting the news make us look a bunch of crazy nutcase, which is not the case. Maybe there is one or two makes a little too much of the news, but most of the time we're pretty much normal people, or what we call normal. I don't know, but there is a perception of the U.S. that. Um, is being been portrayed in countries that's not quite right, and vice versa, like people imagine that everybody in Africa is still uh, barefoot living in tribes in the hut when you know and to go to some of the countries like Kenya and others, you will realize very quickly that yes, if you go into the uh um, out of the cities you're gonna you're gonna see the tribes, but most of the cities have internet have waters. So it's very interesting the perception we've got from one country to the others. So I'm going to wait that uh, Benjamin um, come back here and continue his story because that's so interesting. Hey Benjamin, Benjamin. So day one, yeah, you arrived okay. in New York, had three hours drive to go where you needed to go. How was the rest of that day, and what did you do? The uh, the
1: following day, I'm curious to know. Uh, the following day, uh, I think the, I, I wasn't able to, all right, because I, I arrived around, I think it was, uh, it, it should have been 3 p.m. 3 p.m., because, yeah, we arrived uh, to where I was going at, around. Uh, we arrived at our destination around uh, 7. So, um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't able to sleep the night because now my, my mind was still in Kenyan time because now like right now in Kenya, they they are about to to start their day. So my hours were not even adjusted. So I was I, I slept when they I, I, I stayed awake almost the whole night just trying to feel that I'm, I'm in a different place and uh, the following morning I slept I slept like from 10 all the way to like 5 went out for dinner and then my host will, will take me around to show me the places around there yeah it was it was almost a routine that was the routine for like the next one week I got a phone and uh you know, there was nothing really major that happened in those first uh, days.
0: So, but I'm did you, sure. okay, so did you went and started to discover on your own or you just were was waiting for your host um, to show you around? Did you at least, when you got up a little later, were able to walk around the neighborhood and start to discover things on your own?
1: Yeah, what what my what my host did, he knew that I like uh, like to do uh, bike riding, I, so he he actually had bought a bike for me. Nice. And uh, and uh, I, he showed me how to navigate with the GPS because we I, I didn't use the GPS before I came here. Well, yeah. Uh, although I had an idea, but I did not entirely depend on a GPS to like navigate and left and right and all that.
2: So, mm-hmm. because
1: in Kenya we use uh, well not really in Kenya I don't want to speak for the whole country because I, I talked to another Kenyan and his story was different we, we, they had a different no, kind of, uh, we, so,
0: <laughs> we're only asking you to speak on what your vision is for me yes. I'm interested yes. about your story because your yes. story is different from other people so it's just exactly. yours exactly. yes
1: so, so yeah. where, where I lived that? Uh, in Kenya, we I did not use GPS. We used landmarks. Or oh, you you will go three streets down and you will see a red a red gate or a black building or something like that and that's where you know maybe what you're looking for. We we never used GPS and addresses and all that. So, okay. so I learned to use the GPS and I would I started doing my bike rides. I did like two miles. Initially, it was a hilly, slopey place. I felt the heat, you know. Uh, I said, okay, maybe I can try like, uh, maybe let me try like seven miles. You know, I kept upgrading like that. And at some point, I got lost. And uh, (laughs) that's how I started discovering the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) Everything looked the same. I was like, I was in this shopping center a few and and, but there was a right chance somewhere and it was crazy so yeah and uh my my host was at work so he knew that i knew what i was doing so i didn't want to you know give him any alarm so i got lost for the whole day
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my god so how did you get back home
1: so uh I got back home somehow. I, I realized that I had to backtrack. I had to go back to the entire route so that I can. But the more I did that, the more I got lost. But at some point, I still hmm. got myself to back to the... But I got back home when they were getting back home as well. So they knew something was wrong.
0: Okay. <laughs> so how did yeah. they find you? Did you found, how did you come back home?
1: No, I just um, backtracked. As I said, I backtracked, got lost a few a few uh, turns, and still, at the end of the day, made it back to the house. I was I was lost for almost five five hours. It was a good trip for me. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good. So, when you arrived, did you arrive, I forgot to ask, that was the biggest thing, I forgot to ask, Um, when you arrived here in the U.S., when was it? Was it in springtime? Was it winter? When was it?
1: It was was, uh, towards the end of spring.
0: Oh, that's nice. So, you got a good weather.
1: Uh, Yeah, the weather was good. It wasn't that good. It was a little bit coldish, but it wasn't uh, as good as summer.
0: But in, in anybody, because you're in the East Coast, is anybody? Because for me, they did that to me when I was here. Uh, every person asked me, "Are you, uh, you know, are you brand?" New? Yes, I just say, uh, "Wait for the winter." Wait for the winter. I'm like, "Okay, I, I heard it. I heard ten people saying that already. Stop to tell me about the winter. It's just springtime." Is anybody warned you about the winter here? <laughs> in the U.S.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> people always told me. Uh, can you deal with cold? I said, oh, yeah, I can. <clears throat> uh, I did not understand what I was saying. I was just saying, yeah, I can. Because <laughs> we... That's what I wanted to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, you so, said, do you get snow in Canada? Said, no, we don't get snow. And you can still handle cold? Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next winter was crazy. I, I almost got sick. Thank oh, God. Was... <laughs> you...
0: Okay. So... Yeah. So that was your first time seeing snow?
1: Yeah. No, no, no. That wasn't my first time seeing snow. Because
0: yeah, okay, good.
1: No, I, no, no. I, I, I had seen snow on, on Mount. I, I climbed, I climbed Mount Kenya. It's, one of, it's the highest mountain in, in Kenya. So I, I, climbed, I climbed Mount Kenya and I saw... But it's not as much as what we see, like, on land. You know, it's on the yeah. peaks and stuff like that. Yeah, so... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, so it, you knew the actually, snow. Yeah, I knew the snow was white.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you knew what snow was. The problem yeah, was you is <laughs> I didn't know that it can really
2: make it like complicated like
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, was the question. It's like, okay, so you, you so came uh, the time of the winter. So how did you handle your first uh cold? Weather here uh, more colder than Kenya.
1: Yeah, it was uh, uh, ten times, uh, not even ten, I think fifty times colder than Kenya because Kenya is in, uh, is in, is, a, is an equatorial. We get equatorial weather. Yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, uh,
1: is that the right <laughs> word? I think it's uh, Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a term for that kind of weather. We yeah. have tropical weather. I think that's the word. Yep. And. Uh, <clears throat> yeah when it gets cold it's like forty uh is is around thirty eight but the difference is the the humidity so I think it it will feel colder and there's less humidity I'm not sure, but that's really how that's the difference because sometimes when it's it's like forty there sometimes you can't even stand it you can't stand the cold but when it's forty here you can sometimes you even work. In buildings that don't that don't have heat and maybe survive from the small heaters we have. So, yeah. So the first winter was really hard on me. I my earlobes were really like numb and painful, and my fingers will um, will not do anything. Like my my hand will go numb. Yep. And I just felt like I'm uh, I'm in the process of dying.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, it can feel like that. I agree.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I learned about you know dressing in a couple layers before you step out. You know everything. You know having a few layers before you step out. Yes. And, uh, Be- yeah. Because my, my host, you know, my host has been doing missions for for yeah. he had been doing missions uh, around the world, so. He did not want to give me all the info. He just wanted me, for me to figure out some 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 things so that uh, my survival will not be that complicated. Because sometimes when you when you have a reference for everything, like when you uh, when you have like a, a place to run back to, you have a backup for everything. Sometimes your preparation is blinked so so you have to do everything from from the word go from when you step out the house everything is set you don't don't want to get midway and start uh uh you know looking back i'm like oh i did not do this right i needed to should have done this so yeah
0: so you passed your first winter which congratulations
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. you survived it now level of the food because we were talking of the food uh earlier and the restaurant, which is, you know, always funny for the first time when you're not used to uh, when they, you know, it's like taking the um, uh, the phone book and start to give you all of the names of the Johnsons, and they're like, no. The question I have for you, you know, out of the food, how did you adapt? Because you, you know, you eat starch in Kenya. You had a specific diet. Now that diet is basically thrown out of the window. Now you're here in the US. So how did you adapt from the way you were eating in Kenya to now where you are in the U.S.
1: So that's a very good question because it's a very, uh, it's, it's something that I, I, I look at and I realize that growing up, uh, you know, we, we didn't have much and you had to survive. You have to survive on, uh, we had that survival mentality. So your, 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 your mind has to be very flexible. You, you have to adjust to uh, to eating anything that is, uh, you know, illegally edible, you know? So, I like the
0: way you say legally edible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. I like
0: how you said it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, it, I didn't have a hard time adjusting, although my, if my stomach would uh, have a mouthpiece, maybe to say something else. But I had a, I did not had have, have a hard time processing that food mentally. I was like, okay, let me try this, let me try that, let me try that. And after after, after some time, now I, I will just adjust to to the American food because there's a lot. There, America has the <clears throat> has plates from everywhere in the world and. And uh I, I got a chance to, to try that, and it was different, definitely, because the food is not, I don't want to say as rich, but it's not like, uh, our food is directly from the farm. Like, you just go to the farm, you get the food, and, you know, put it, cook it, and then you serve it.
2: Well, so it was, there was a little it-
1: bit.
0: Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Let's put it this way: there is a process here, so it depends where you go and get it. But there is some; the process is a slightly different here mm-hmm. to get the food. Um, unless you, you know, like you had in Kenya, like you said, you are going directly that goes directly from the farm to the plate. Here, uh, it doesn't go directly to the farm to the plate. There is a detour; it's taking it. The other thing too is how they. Uh, grow the produce here and the product compared to uh, the rest of the world because it's mass producing as well um, compared to other countries. However, uh, during winter time, uh, people need to understand here in the U.S., uh, they relay more to South California, Mexico, uh, Guatemala, Chile, so that goes from different countries as well compared to Kenya.
1: Oh, okay, because
0: of the weather? Because, yes, yes. And like now, because I worked in, it helps to work in produce somewhere in a supermarket. Uh, So I learned this way a long time ago, is coming in springtime. So the price of the produce will increase uh, March, April, and they will go down afterwards but after that they switch to north america and you you will feel the difference and see the difference in your produce but yeah that's how it works around here that's why we got uh, by the way strawberries and raspberry all already around because <laughs> normally this is summer fruits but here we okay. got it year on
1: mm-hmm. all right all right now i know yes Maybe
0: you know something else that people did not know. Maybe people don't know. I don't know if a lot of people know that. So what happened uh, when uh, we talked about uh, the food? Um, But for you, you were used to uh, cook your own uh, food, if I'm correct, in Kenya.
1: Right, right. I, I used to cook my own food.
0: So did you find everything you needed here when you... You moved on your own or what was the deal?
1: No, uh, I did not. Uh, I cannot say that I found everything that I needed. I think I will just adjust to what, what was available before I will settle in for what I like and what I don't like. Okay. But now with the stores, like uh, there's all these. I don't know what kind of stores you have there this fresh produce. So there's a, uh, there's a, uh, I have my perspective around what kind of food to eat. Uh, because nutrition is a big deal for me. And uh, uh, I kind of, I can say I get everything that I need at, at the moment.
0: Yep. What are you missing in the food that is over there that you don't have here actually?
1: Uh, there's different. There, there's a different. Like uh, we we have our, our staple food is ugali in Kenya. Like there's a difference. Or well, I can get corn. It, it, ugali is a it's like corn. Ugali is spelled U G A L I. Is is like cor- corn cornmeal. There's a way we prepare it in a, in a pot and uh, we stir it until yep. okay, it And then you know it's like a cake. And uh, the, we, we, we have corn here, but the way it's t- the tests are different. They,
0: that- will, they will always test different uh, because mm-hmm. of the way they grow corn here. And some are GMOs, so it's uh, modified, um, scientifically modified. Right. The fact that the earth is different, the water makes a difference. So from one country to the others, there is a huge difference on produce because you can test it from one country to the others. You will test the difference on the same or similar food.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, these are the, 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 the spices and everything, everything is different. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, I noticed that difference and, and I miss I miss that the 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 test that I was used to growing up.
0: Yep. Do too here too on some of them. Yeah. So yeah. now you're in the US. You're adapting to the the life you're here. Uh-huh. You decided to did you decide right away to start your business here or what did you do?
1: Work-wise, um, yeah, I worked. I worked in different uh, organizations, and uh, my but my mind was still was still um, directed towards construction. So okay. I m- my last job before I started business was um, was with a construction company. Because I, yep. I wanted to learn the, the skill and and all that, and I did uh, I did some courses just to you know to learn how things are done here. You know, different places have different codes and all that. And uh, at the at some point, I just registered the business and started the business. It wasn't easy at first because there was the communication barrier. That was one one aspect and. Uh, there was uh, also the marketing aspect, but I kept, you know, I kept trying, and I'm still trying up to this moment, and uh, I feel like I'm headed somewhere.
0: Yes, you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, you are. You're heading somewhere yeah. and in the right direction. So, yes.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah so, so that, that's you, uh, my, my experience. Good.
0: So you started with um with your business and um you, you as you mentioned and that's, uh everybody starting a business actually go through uh, you know you go through the beginning of it and it can be a little <gasps> bit. Okay. I'm going to. tada tada. Okay, good girl. She's my uh, automatic alarm. I don't need to hire blink or drink or anything. She's the live one. <laughs> you just have to feed her, and she's the alarm for anything and everything. Uh, that's what I love with her. Sorry about that. So starting your business, um, you decided to pick what you wanted to do because it's painting. Am I right, construction, painting?
1: Right, right,
0: right. OK. Um, what drive you to do it here? what was the driver for you to start it here?
1: Uh, the, I, I saw an opportunity and uh, and I felt like that's really what I wanted to do
0: okay and so you uh, follow your instinct
1: yeah and there was a lot of a lot of constructions going on and even up to this point it's still construction I don't think I've ever seen an economy where construction is ongoing like this so i felt like that that's really it was a good it was a good move for me to come over here and yep and be part of that growth here
0: okay what was the biggest challenge for you uh, and we talked a little bit about it but what was your biggest challenge for you um when you started you talked about language you speak pretty good english to me i don't know
2: so, oh, honestly, so it was wasn't it?
1: that good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks for that compliment, but I, I, it wasn't that good because English is not my first language, and uh, you know uh, we speak British English in Kenya. So the way you you will, uh, I will take some time, and and sometime even even after this point, like I say, I will take some time for someone to understand me, or for me to understand them but it's not as as bad as as, uh the beginning so So,
0: what were you i okay so i'm a little puzzled by 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 that you're saying that your english because it was more british was more challenging because it was more proper or because some of the uh wordings The
1: the pronunciations really yeah, yeah. There's some. Uh, I can't really pick words right now, but there's, there's uh, the, It's it's just different. <laughs> you know, speaking yeah, yeah, British yeah, yeah, yeah. English with with uh, with an African accent, and now speaking <laughs> it to an American, that is a very <laughs> huge <comment>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to laugh because. Uh, with my mix of languages and the accent, and I pick up, I don't know where I'm laughing because it's about about the same experience. If it's not worse than mine, <laughs> so for people who don't understand, actually, you don't oh, sound like to have an accent.
1: No, this is where it got complicated because um, uh, most of the most of the workers who are available are Mexicans, and they are not very. Uh, you're not very, the English is not like that fluent. And that it, it's really, because what happens right now is because I work with, with more Americans, it's easier for me to communicate. Yep. But when you're working with Mexicans and maybe Chinese and you have to rely on, uh, on your communications to be able even to deliver to someone else, then mm-hmm. it's really complicated. Sometimes, yes, uh, sometimes <laughs> you'll be saying something else. And...
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> I have done it a few times. And people look at me and say, like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciation means another word when you don't do it right.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's really... Been funny. there. Yeah, I, I was trying to remember of, uh, of a scenario here, but I can't re- quite remember well. But there's one moment we uh, we burst into laughter for almost like 10 minutes just before we got back to business because uh, <laughs> what I was explaining yeah, I and what, what my client was getting was two different things. They, oh, I thought we discussed about... I can't remember the, the, the scenario very well, but it was, it was funny, but... Uh, yeah it's it's business we have to we we have to keep trying (laughs) oh
0: exactly and you know for people i rather i rather have people correcting me as well when i speak english um uh, improperly and for me so i can learn and some people will not correct you and i'm like come on i need to be corrected because if i'm always saying this the wrong way no i need this to be corrected so
1: so That's you why started communication your. Is a, big, a big deal when it comes to business. Right? It's, uh, you have to be very clear and, uh, and precise.
0: Yes, and there are some days I am neither clear or precise.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. That
0: could be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be me. That would be me who doesn't know. And I'm like, well, I have an excuse. I was a one. <laughs> Let's pull a card yes. and see which excuse I can pull this time.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, oh. I, I kind of just got my confidence uh, over time because I, I was, I felt like it was really a, a little bit frustrating. But there's one yep. time I went to to Chinatown. Uh, I was living in Philadelphia. I went to Chinatown, and I went to a store to buy something, and. Uh, <clears throat> When I heard the English that uh, those guys were speaking, and I, I felt, I felt like my English is good. I, I just felt, oh, this is good. Good to see someone else who's struggling with English. So I'm doing good, Benjamin. Just keep going, keep going. <laughs>
0: exactly. No, but I agree with you. Sometimes we we have to, you know, it's nice to to realize that you know as we are continue to. Uh, pursue into the English language that sometimes it's nice to, to know that we're not the only one on the road to continue to learn, even if sometimes we feel like uh we're not as good and we wish we would be to able to communicate.
1: Right, right.
0: So have you, you so you have been here for over five years?
1: Right. I've been here for over five years.
0: hmm you have adapted yeah. to, to the country now?
1: Uh, I am still adapting. Assimilation is a lifetime uh, process, I can say. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I, there's some point I thought uh, the American culture is one, like there's just one American culture. But when I started traveling to other countries, I mean, not countries, to other states, and I, I noticed there's some, like, almost a different... I don't know if you've noticed that there's almost like an accent, a different accent. Oh,
2: from yeah.
1: Different. <laughs> yeah, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. So <laughs> I realize it's not the same, it's not the same, same thing. It's only... They're very close, but they're, they're different. So I, I can say it's I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still assimilating and I'm still learning the ways of life here. It's not always... Uh, if I was not doing business or working, then I will, I will have adjusted completely. But that's not my purpose of being here. Is not to adjust. it's to, you know, continue with life and be part of this system.
0: I don't know if we can truly totally adjust because there is so much more we need to learn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just adjusting right. to myself. It's already a challenge on its own, so I'm like, I don't think so. No. But yeah. we, um, we, we
1: adjust into the next day, like every day we adjust, yes. we adjust to, the yes. day, to the next day, to the next. We cannot. We the only person who does who stops adjusting is the person who is not who's not with us anymore. Maybe, yeah, that they they are no longer living. They are dead. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. So the the question I have for you is about the culture because you have your own culture like I have mine, the way I grow mm-hmm. up, the way I've learned, the way I've been taught things. Um, are you keeping it up at home? How do you deal with, you know, the different culture between where you grow up, how you got you? Yeah, the way you grow up and now, you in the U.S. and the culture. How do you mix both of them? If you do, or do you keep the legacy of what you have, you know, learned and been taught, and will pass it on to the next generation? How do you work with all of this?
1: Um, uh, that's a good question, and uh, I can say it's it's not. I, I don't want to say that I. I am holding on to the culture and the ways that I was brought up because uh, how, when I'm interfacing with other people uh, over here and I have something else going on, like now I, I started, a, we, we started a small um, nonprofit just to support those uh, poor, poor families in Kenya and they don't know English. So I still have to be able to communicate in a way that they can understand so that uh, we can get their needs met. And uh, so it's really hard to fully adjust and say now I'm a, an American or it's very hard to say now I'm, I'm entirely an, an African. Now I cannot adjust to uh, the American culture because adjusting to the American culture will mean that <clears throat> I will be able to understand and be able to communicate in a way that uh, will simplify the communication.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, culture is a very big deal. So, when it comes to communication, because our expressions, our uh, our and I, and I'm really focusing on communication right here because food, dress code, and all that those are those are parts of the, 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 the those are components of. Uh, of culture. So I'm really focusing on communication here because that's that's the biggest deal. That's what I go through every day. That's when you have to partition when <clears throat> when I when I'm still here when I receive a call from Kenya from from my local community, I will have to adjust to the Kenyan you know, the Kenyan vibe. I have to be there and communicate with them. When I'm back here, I'm talking to my client or, or my 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 colleagues I have to, you know, to have that American perspective as well. So I don't know if that answered your question, but...
0: Yes, it does answer the question because basically at the end of the day, um, you are your own self and you're learning from everybody, but you keep the culture in your household. Do you keep the Kenyan culture or do you merge Mm. it? Have you merged it with uh, your significant others?
1: No, I I have to merge it because uh my the thing is that my my wife is open to learning my culture so he knows exactly how yep. to meet my needs and I'm also I'm also um you know adjusting myself so that I can also meet her needs without that mm-hmm. strain you know yeah yep
2: yeah.
0: Well, that's good. So,
1: mm-hmm. so it's it's really it's, it's a lot a lot to do with uh, with uh, with merging the, the cultures. Yep. And coming up with our own culture because every I feel like culture is not really about the it's it's not entirely about the geographical space or uh, the geographical positioning or anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot to do with, with families because I think every family has their own culture because it's, um, it's the way of our kids. our, our we, we grow up in a family. We don't grow up in a community because a family is a unit of the community. And the, the way I present myself, I think in the beginning I said, I don't want to speak for all Kenyans. I would like to speak for myself as a Kenyan and how I grew up. Different Kenyan groups, oh, yeah. different people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, exactly, I think is, uh, Yeah.
0: No, and you, and you and you cannot speak on anyone else's behalf because the only thing you got is your own experience. You can, uh, they can relate uh, with some of your experience, but you're not in their shoes. You have your own um, life purpose, so it makes it difficult to speak on behalf of anybody else's. I don't try to speak as me on my own behalf. <laughs> I have enough yeah, on yeah. my own behalf. <laughs> <laughs> just we're not gonna make it more complicated, just yeah. us. So that's good. If you're what I love and I, I really like the fact that um you're sharing your culture with your wife so she knows start to know and understand your culture, which helps. Um the other thing too is have you two are gonna go by, if she's gone to Kenya or not?
1: Your wife no, no, does she we travel? Are no, we are traveling back to Kenya this year. Great. Yeah, we are going to Kenya this year. And, uh, yeah, we, looking I you know, I just had to warn her that, you know, people, there's very, uh, she's, she's scared of bugs. And we uh, have a lot of bugs in Kenya. I, I didn't, actually I did not notice bugs until I came here. People are very cautious about bugs but uh mm-hmm. it's a uh, part of the ecosystem in Kenya, so we don't uh, no, not in Kenya sorry, where I come from, where I come from <clears throat> so we we don't really they they can't kill you unless maybe it's like bees and and wasps and all that so those can kill you, but these other bugs are the bugs that just yeah she she she's adjusting her mind to that, so I keep playing these. A video for her to just see what really happens when you're when you're just chilling at home and some bugs decide to visit you once in a while, not to not to harm you, just to say hi.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly.
1: It's yeah, understanding
0: yeah. the <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's a nice way to do it. So that's good. So <laughs> so uh, working and having your new business. What has been well um, the challenges? So the communication was one thing. So you you you're overcoming that, which is great. Yeah. Um, the way of life is different in here. You adapted. So you're writing a book, and mm-hmm. you said you had an organization. You you started an organization in Kenya.
1: In, in, in Kenya, yeah, I started a, a nonprofit. It's for for, there's a high, you know, I mentioned earlier that I was, uh, I was hooked to drugs when I was younger, growing up when I was younger. And that's, that's an easy option when, when an economy is not really performing and there's no, uh, there's no hope for these young men. And so when someone, someone grows up out, out from their youth, they're already wasted. So, and most of yep. these people are talented. It's only that they are, they, we don't have facilities. So what I'm doing is uh, the profits that we make from the business and some, the, I have some friends who contribute. <clears throat> we buy basketballs, we buy shoes, we are planning to buy land to build like basketball courts and all that because there's a very high, we, we, there's organizations that came there with rehabilitation centers for drug and substance abuse. But there's a very high rate of relapse, so yep. it's, it's it's one thing when someone detaches from, the, from their from their drug, but if they don't have anything going on in their lives, it's very easy for them to go back to it. So sports has been one of my, my focus points. We 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 we, are, we, are, we, we dream of building like um, uh, trade schools and stuff like that, but that's that's an elephant. We 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 know that will happen sometime soon, but we can only work with what is available right now. So we we we, we are buying basketballs. We I go to uh, what is this organization called Goodwill. Go to Goodwill, buy yep. some pairs of shoes, and, uh, you know, mail them, and they they are happy to. They feel like you know they 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 are connected to something, that, and it's a very good thing. So. <clears throat> So that's something I, I'm really passionate about.
0: Okay, so do you have a website? Do you have something that people can connect with, and we can know more about, or not?
1: About the non-governmental. I mean, sorry. Uh
0: huh. About about your little uh, foundation here, that you're no, doing no, or no, about. We,
1: we have a Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and we are working on. Right now, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with putting up a structure, like uh, administrative-wise, you know. Uh, that is where the challenge is, and that, that will force me to even, that's why one of the reasons we have to go back to Kenya and put everything in place, so that we can uh, start working on bigger projects with those young people.
0: Yes, I agree with because I'm gonna need some trusted people over there too. Because you can you, yes. The idea is good, but yes. you want to make sure yes. that the money or whatever you're sending goes directly to the kids and help the program. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, we, we had a big challenge last year, and uh, we, we thought that uh, it will be better if we because these kind of uh, settings they, they really call for a lot of accountability. And, uh, yes. When you're when you're sending these resources, you want them to to uh, to be able to be used in the most desirable way.
0: Absolutely. Right. I agree. You have to mm-hmm. because you don't want the money to be wasted or go somewhere else or even not even reaching the kids or whatever your purpose is. So I like the idea. This is good. Putting this in place yes. properly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. wow that's wonderful so out of all of this experience what are your biggest life lessons especially <clears throat> since you are here in the US since you arrived what was the yeah. biggest life lesson you have learned if any
1: my biggest life lesson is uh, I think it will be very hard for for someone to for someone to have a future, if there is no active, for not for someone, for any any whether it be an organization, for 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 anything to have a future, if there is no some level of uh, mentoring, some level of uh, parenting, and actively, you know, not not just. Active, but very active parenting, very active um, mentoring. Mm-hmm. There is <clears throat> the future is is very it will determine on on these kind of foundations that we set.
2: So that has been
1: my biggest uh, lesson, and uh, that's why I am really focused on laying foundations for people who don't know how, for people who don't know who they are for people who don't know. So I'm very passionate on that, on that area. That's good,
0: because we all need the guidance at some point in our lives. And when you're a teen, uh, this is where the challenge comes the hardest, I believe, um, when you're trying to define who you are and you have a footstock in childhood and the other one wants to try to uh, go to adulthood, hood, that wood, there is no wood. i do not hood. <laughs> Welcome to English. <laughs> Lesson for tonight. From Emma. <laughs> yeah, we, we,
1: we I like to create new
0: words. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can use wood. You in know, so
2: that's
1: we
0: can right. use wood. Exactly. Oh, for the price of the wood right now? Are you freaking kidding me? Holy moly. It's expensive. Holy mm-hmm. crap. I could go into the wood and go and cut it myself. <laughs> there is days I'm like, whoa, But, um... Yeah. No, it's very difficult for a child, any child, to, you know, uh, especially when you live into an environment where the economics are not there and uh, your result to be exposed to the street or uh, some uh, of drugs, alcohol, it makes it very challenging and difficult when you don't have enough support around you to, to do not fall into this and ending up wasting your entire life
1: right 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 and and par and for for parents also to know what what their children think about themselves because they might be raising two people in one you know they they need to know what exactly they think about themselves where they see themselves and and uh, help them follow through with that
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm i agree
0: and sometimes it's more challenging because they, sometimes they don't know their children, or their children are not able or capable to speak to them, either communicate very, properly.
1: Very true. Especially now that, yeah, especially now there's, there's a lot there's, there's internet, there's a lot of info on in, uh, on the internet, so one could be stronger, but one could be a stronger voice than the yep. other. So it's for for us as yep. parents to really know. Who who is where, where is where is our children feeding from? What information are they getting? Mm-hmm. How is it uh, 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 altering or building their character?
2: Yeah. I agree.
0: agree?
1: Yep,
2: yes.
0: Yes. It is so true. No, no, it is so yeah, it is I, so true. So. So, what fun story? When do you? <laughs> let's do a little one here for fun. Um, What did you do <clears throat> when you were younger and you got cut by your mom and you were not supposed to do?
1: What I did with my mom? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell us a,
0: a fun mom. story when you were you did something you were not supposed to and you got cut by your mom. <laughs> uh,
1: I want to know what kind of mischief you have done when you were younger. Oh, man. I was, I was the worst in the family. I mean, right now, I can tell you, I look, at, I look back I, I, but I used to, <laughs> I used to do weird stuff. I, one time, I I don't know if it's good to say this, but <laughs> that was a long time ago. I I will steal, I will steal, I I stole, I I really I used to steal uh, bread.
2: <laughs> okay. <will>
1: steal bread <laughs> and uh, and and just disappear under the under the bed. My under the bed was my my favorite spot. I would go <laughs> under the bed, do my I eat my bread, and uh, so one time I stole the bread and I went under the bed and uh, I I chewed a few slices and uh, and they fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Did yes, you get cut my by mom
1: your mom? Yeah, my mom never knew who, who would be stealing the bread every other time. But now I was snoring under the bed. And, uh, <laughs> you got cut. And The bread was there. and uh, yeah, I got cut. <laughs> <it and>,
2: uh, <laughs> you got cut. <laughs> oh, that's
0: funny. Oh, oh, your mom must have been yeah. happy now. She knew who did it.
1: <laughs> no, she wasn't happy. because the, I know. The thing I got the beating I got was not uh, it was Olympic standard beating.
0: Oh, good God, like us! But your mom must be happy to know who did it, because if she was wondering, now she knew who was the guilty party. That's what I meant.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't even part, so I don't know. I think sometimes it's good to get get things genuinely. Don't don't steal because they will not help you.
0: No, I know, <laughs> but when you're a kid, you know you cannot help yourself. You see things, and you know. It's like yeah. yeah, sea bread or something like that. You know, when we were younger, um the, we, we got Olympic beating too, uh on our side. Trust me, that was so bad. But the, the the worst we did, and that was I think the most hilarious part of it too, is um we had uh, she used to buy ice cream and they had they were in this little um uh, little container individuals and you got in that container you will lift up that uh, Lid pl- uh, that was a uh, cotton uh, lid, and you would have had that little l- a plastic spoon. And uh, they had my they had uh, two or three.